We are back. And sorry to report that our efforts to reach Mr. Milo Radulovic uh, down in Stockton have not proven successful. So we're going to have to uh, talk to him uh, uh, sometime in December. He's returning to Detroit, um, uh, I believe, tomorrow and will be away for a couple of weeks. But when he comes back, uh, we will uh, speak with him about what happened back in 1954 when Edward R. Murrow uh, took on Joseph McCarthy. Oh, we've got a little bit of time to kill then on, on uh, today's show. So what we will do is just, uh, what, as what we often do on this show, talk about whatever we damn well please. It was quite interesting for me to uh, follow events in California, courtesy of the Internet, uh, while I was down in Costa Rica, Nicaragua, and, uh, and Panama. I did note that all of Arnold's ballot proposals went down to defeat. I, I knew it was trouble on this program when not only yours truly, but my, uh, my conservative uh, representative and liberal representative all agreed that California was in dire need of electoral reform with the redistricting a proposal of Proposition 77. It, it might not have been a perfect uh, proposal, but it was certainly better than the current situation of the fox uh, guarding the chicken coop, which is uh, what we see with our own elected uh, legislators drawing the maps for their own districts. It's, it's, a, it's a scandalous situation. Something uh, could have been done to improve it. Unfortunately, uh, the people that Arnold had angered, and uh, in, in many cases justifiably, the, uh, the, the various teachers' unions and, uh, and nurses, uh, fought back by saying, just vote all of these down, and apparently you, the electorate, responded. Uh, in this case of Prop 77, I think that's quite unfortunate. But, but like we said on the show, if all three of us agree this should pass, we're in trouble. I would like to add for the record that actually our producer, Mr. McMillan, was in agreement. So all four of us involved in that, uh, in that program two weeks ago thought it was a great idea. So uh, clearly, it was doomed. All right, uh, let's, let's keep today's show rather light. You know, it, it, none of us gets out of here alive when it comes to, uh, you know, respiring on this planet for hopefully 70, 80, maybe 90 years, if we're lucky. So um, let's take a look at some news from... Uh, I don't know, with a, sort of a wink-in-your-eye perspective. I don't know whether to laugh or cry over this one, but apparently down in Rio de Janeiro, Brazilians voting in a national referendum rejected a proposed ban on the sale of guns to the public. Until a few weeks ago, polls indicated the measure was likely to pass by a wide margin, but in the weeks before the vote, pro-gun groups were granted an equal share of free ads on national television. The gun lobby, using material supplied by the National Rifle Association and translated into Portuguese, appealed to widespread mistrust of the country's police, asking citizens where they felt protected. The answer is a violent no, said political scientist David Fleischer of the University of Brasilia. Brazil had 40,000 gun deaths a year, 25% more than the U.S., even though the Brazil has 100 million fewer citizens. And at Dateline Delhi, a survey has shown that most Indian women who have been abused say that wife-beating is okay. This is according to a UN report that was released last week. Fully 70% of Indian women whose husbands have beaten them said that such violence is, quote, sometimes justified, unquote. Withholding sex or being late with dinner 
were among the acceptable justifications cited. The United Nations Population Fund ranks India third in the world in tolerance of domestic violence. Only Egypt and Zambia are worse. Apparently, the problem is not a result of poverty and ignorance alone. A 2003 study found that Indian women's chances of being abused actually rose with their level of education. And an item which we are not sure has come to the attention of our good friend uh, Dr. Andy Jones, who brings you uh, Dr. Andy's Poetry and Technology Hour every Wednesday at five o'clock on KDVS. But apparently, Radovan Kardzik the former Bosnian Serb leader who is wanted for crimes against humanity, published a book of poems last week. Now, apparently, Karadzic has evaded capture since the end of the Yugoslav Wars of the 1990s, at which time he ordered the ethnic cleansing operations that apparently killed thousands of people. Before the war, he was a psychiatrist and amateur poet. His literary works have become very popular among nationalistic Serbs. A spokesman for the International Criminal Tribunal, which has, been, has a warrant out for Karadzic, has said, it's outrageous that a fugitive and an indictee is free to write and have books published. Instead of hiding in a pit like Saddam Hussein, he's writing a book. You don't write books from a pit. The tribunal has criticized Serbia for not doing enough to find and extradite Karadzic. And speaking of international jerks, uh, we note a report in the New York Times, which I, which I saw in, in Costa Rica, that um, President Robert G. Mugabe of Zimbabwe apparently has one word for reports that Operation Drive Out Trash, the urban demolition campaign aimed at slum dwellers that his government describes as a civic beautification program, has rendered thousands of his impoverished citizens homeless. Nonsense, he told ABC News in an interview. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands? Where are the thousands? You go there now and see where the thousands are. Where are they? It's a figment of their imagination. The article notes that obviously Mugabe hasn't checked out Kelarni, a shanty town near uh, Zimbabwe's second largest city, Bulawayo, that once housed uh, 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 thousands of, of, of less fortunate citizens. In fact, it's been reduced to a moonscape after, uh, the, after authorities came in basically with bulldozers. Uh, Five months after the demolitions began, Zimbabwe's government continues to insist that the destruction of 133,000 households, by their count, was a long overdue slum clearance. Per U.S. estimate, per United Nations estimations, at least 700,000 people have been, dis been displaced by this, and uh, some sources in South Africa put the homeless uh, total as high as 1.2 million. Now, um, Zimbabwe is, uh, is, is trying to stave off famine after uh, uh, Mugabe moved in and basically took over a bunch of white-owned farms and turned them over to, to squatters. Uh, this has caused a, a precipitous decline in the population of foodstuffs in the country. And um, they're really, at this point, wholly dependent upon aid from the United Nations and neighboring countries. And in a bit of boneheadedness uh, much closer to home, I, I saw the following item, uh, Dateline Minneapolis. A teenager accused in connection with school shootings that left 10 people dead on an Indian reservation will be tried behind closed doors, a federal judge ruled Friday. The teenager, Louis Jourdain, 17, will be tried in juvenile court after the ruling by Judge Donovan W. Frank of the U.S. District Court, who said... The state's interest in rehabilitating Jordan 
outweighed the interest of the public to observe the case. And if any of you out there can explain how it is someone who kills 10 people can be rehabilitated by psychiatry, please drop me an email. Which reminds me of a little story I should just toss in. On, on my first night in Central America, I arrived at a, a very pretty little hotel down in San Jose, Costa Rica. I was tired. I went down to the bar. They were closing up, but I did order a beer or two before things uh, sh were shuttered. And uh, plopping next to me on a stool was an American. A very expansive and happy guy who was coming down to Costa Rica to take part in some sort of uh, consciousness-raising seminar of some one sort or another. He was very pleased with himself because he was bringing down with him what he described as a cure for herpes. Now, being that in real life I am a physician, I was keen to learn more. So I asked him what it was he had. He reached into his bag and pulled out what looked like a, you know, a, a little pharmaceutical bottle. It was nicely wrapped in shrink-wrapped plastic, had writing on the back. He, it was, he said, a homeopathic remedy that after people took it, their herpes was gone forever. He had people, he said, who swore by it. Famous people. People who were celebrities. But all I said was, well, you know, people, it is a spontaneously curing condition. You know, every time you get an outbreak, it does cure itself until the next out, until it comes back. And uh, I started to say, well, you know, you've got to you've got to show that your product is going to like reduce the rate. You've got to do a clinical trial. And I thought, no, no, why, why bother? I, I didn't go there. I shared a beer with him, wished him luck and went off to bed. I did note in more news received abroad that uh, they're reporting that in New Haven at uh, Yale Law School, they're expecting uh, the heat to be turned on uh, when Sam Alito uh, has to face, uh, you know, a confirmation hearings. The last two times that uh, Yale, an alumnus of Yale Law School, went, uh, went up for confirmation were the Clarence Thomas debacle under the first uh, George Bush, and prior to that, the Robert Bork failed nomination under Reagan. Interestingly, Yale faculty members testified on both sides on both of those previous occasions, but the school was generally opposed to both nominations. Clarence Thomas was thought to be unqualified, while Robert Bork's views were considered to be too extreme. Article noted that in his 14 years in the Supreme Court, Thomas, Yale class of 74, has refused to return there. And uh, Bork, who was actually on the faculty for 15 years, chortles during speeches when he cites, quote, a bit of populist wisdom, unquote, he once saw in a bumper sticker. Save America. Close Yale Law School. Radio Parallax would like to see if it, uh, it would be possible to have uh, a chief executive who has nothing to do with the Ivy League for about maybe the next 50 years and see what that'll do to the general condition of the United States government. We think it'd be a better place. I did, uh, I did chuckle over the fact that uh, back in 1992, we had uh, one Yale Law School graduate, George Herbert Walker Bush, running against another Yale Law School graduate, uh, Bill Clinton. Oh, Hillary Clinton? She was in the same class as Bill. And uh, here's a little note from academia. Apparently, Walmart heiress Elizabeth Page Laurie has returned her diploma to the University of Southern California after allegations that she paid her roommate $20,000 to do her term papers and other homework. Lori, the granddaughter of Walmart co-founder Bud Walton, quote, voluntarily has surrendered her degree, unquote, the college said. They also said, quote, she is not a graduate of USC, unquote.
And all I can say is based on my limited experience with alumni from USC, which included my girlfriend in medical school, I'm genuinely surprised to find out that the university has now considered that she's not a graduate simply because other people did her term papers and homework. It had been my understanding that the motto of the University of Southern California was, you pay your fee, you get your degree. And of course, their athletic program is noted for its, its rigidity. In fact, it will not award a sports letter to anyone at the school unless they can identify the letter. We would like to remind you at this juncture, rather critically in fact, that the opinions you hear on this program represent only those of the host. They do not in any way reflect those of the university, (laughs) our sponsors, or any of the uh, staff here at KDVS. And on that last item, I would would tag along the addendum that uh, I'm just kidding, sort of. All right, let's close with a bit of whimsy here. I don't know whether any of you have been stuck on an airplane of late, on a long flight. Uh, If you have, you probably have reached into the pouch in front of you and pulled out a magazine titled Sky Mall, (laughs) which I have to admit I thumbed through with a mixture, I would say, of fascination and horror. The first thing that caught my eye was that there was uh, a couple pages called The Lord of the Rings Collector's Store, wherein you can buy... The One Ring Gold Edition, either in 10-carat or 18-carat gold, which simulates, the, of course, the famous ring in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> but what, what I like is that it says uh, on, on this page that it is cast in gold, it's laser engraved, and it includes a certificate of authenticity. Now, I don't know what it says in that certificate of authenticity, but I surely hope that if you elect to purchase one of these from Sky Mall, you will then not be obliged to go drop it in the pit of fire in Mordor at some point a little bit later to prevent evil from overtaking the world. No, it is our hope that there are some limits to the authenticity as regards that particular ring. Uh, apparently, golfers are very big on these Sky Mall uh, type uh, people there that they're pitching to. I noted that um, there was a small kit, a little a little wooden box you can get that allows you to improve your golf game anywhere. It's described as the golfer's dream kit. The stylish wooden case contains a putter, two golf balls, and a wooden hole. I don't know why it would be vital to, uh, to practice your putting wherever you went, but uh, I guess to some people it might be. But uh, uh, much eclipsing this in terms of <laughs> sheer insanity would be uh, an item which you can purchase for $149.95, which is a Softwith Camel simulated propeller. Yes, a propeller off a World War I airplane, a replica of same anyway, described as being meticulously crafted from solid wood and measuring a majestic 73 inches in height. Yes, for those of you who need six foot one inches of airplane propeller to uh, prop up against the wall in your house. The picture shows it being propped, just just leaning up against a bookcase. Well, I guess it would add a certain something to your library. And here's one for the kids, right below a, uh, a little cartoon, uh, sort of a uh, little doll of, of, of Kermit the Frog of Muffet's fame. You can purchase an alien face hugger. Apparently made of bendable wire and plush material, uh, you can then, <laughs> you can then, I guess, strap this thing onto your face, 
simulate that happy scene from the original movie Alien, where one of the astronauts is attacked by this beast, which later then bursts its way through his stomach. Uh, Yes, it's described as a must-have for fans of Alien movies. Does it seem to you that perhaps, just perhaps, Americans might have a little too much disposable income for their own goods? Because after you take off your alien face hugger, you can go down and sit down and read a book under a Mademoiselle Haute Couture floor lamp saying, ooh la la, she's ready to add high fashion to your decor. Apparently, the lampshade then goes over the head of what is a, uh, a six-foot-tall simulated fashion model who's got kind of a little, you know, little twist of the hips and a hand up like she's, uh, you know carrying a, a, a tray. Very bizarre. It notes that it accepts your 60-watt bulb, has a switch-on card, and only costs $395. I could go on and on on some of these. Let, let, let's close with this one. Suppose you want to have a crackling fireplace, the look of a, or actually have a crackling fireplace in your home, but you lack a chimney. No problem. <laughs> You can add the ambiance of a fireplace to any spot in your home or office. They require no venting thanks to non-toxic gel fuel. It's got this, like, you know, carved wooden item with, you know, these these fake uh, ceramic uh, wood inside of it. I guess you somehow put this this gel, non-toxic gel inside of it, light it up, and voila, you've got a fireplace anywhere you want to put it. I guess it looks a little more elegant than like, you know, lighting a can of Sterno and putting it in the corner, but it seems to, in the end, make about just as much sense. But anyway, that's my personal opinion. Let's take another break. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett, and this is, as always, KDVS 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento. Well, I hear- 